absolute foundation of uh, believing that God is good, that God is kind, is just, and he is compassionate. Um, how can, I mean, I don't want to speak in any level, no, not the rational, not the emotional, not even not the irrational. I want to speak to you as a, as a man who was just born, and uh, he, see, he sees that uh, uh, all the Bechorim of, uh, of Paro are dying. He sees the suffering of the Jewish people. And uh, Moshe is looking at himself and is blaming his, uh, his real uh, situation because he is blaming himself that he was put in a situation where he is looking at all this suffering. How can I take that axioma as the truth? How, why should I take that axioma? So let's make the question simple, if I understood it right. When you see what you consider injustice, no compassion, evil, why should you accept that God is good and God is kind and compassionate? So you're making the situation, I'm just putting it on the table, yeah. you're making the situation of God being good and compassionate and just dependent upon your power of understanding. I would then quote you what the Rebbe said to someone, any God that can fit into my mind can't be my God. See, the whole point of having an absolute foundation is when the brain doesn't creep there. It is what it is. To quote what God said, I am what I am, regardless of what you see me as. But in that case, I would be in the second level. Correct. However, the questioning can only take place healthy after you've set the foundation. But if God is subject to the outcome of your questioning, then we're not dealing with God. There is a very, very powerful movie and I did it once, I will not do it again. It costed me a lot of gesund. But I actually ran here a workshop one morning on a movie called God on Trial. It basically is a story of, in uh, one of the uh, concentration camps, they put God on trial. And the closing piece of the rabbi there, you know, shoots some very powerful, and on the contrary, the rabbi is the one that turns, as in all Hollywood movies, he would be the one to turn the most against God. And I discussed that, that movie. It's actually on SoundCloud, but it's only the audio, not the video. So when you're going to see that I'm, I'm actually showing three clips, you're not going to be able to see it. But if you know the movie and you'll understand, and I pretty much later recap, that's a very difficult movie to deal with. But I want to just put something over here. Even that movie took the approach of putting God on trial according to his rules. What we can never do to God is put God on trial according to our rules. I don't want to get into this because it's so controversial. But what happens now as human race changes? All of a sudden, abortion is not only not wrong to do, it actually is the only humane thing to do. What happens when mercy death becomes okay? What happens when certain lifestyles have to be acceptable? 
So what happens? The absolute changes with us. Human constitution must change. It must be that evolving as we change, it changes. Because it is the product of us. But how can we set God in a position where God has to evolve with us? Well, we changed our mind about something, so now we're going to call the other's level inhumane, so now God has to change because we change. No, God is not the product of us. A God that has to change as we change is a God that we have created. So what we can do to God is apply that the absolute must follow the bends of relativity. Because then we created God, God didn't create us. So that's why there has to be this absolute foundation that whatever I am is not what God is. My understanding has a beginning and end. It evolves as I grow up. Human race, intellect of the human race, period, has evolved as we grew up. So if we keep on following this situation, then, then we have to realize that step number one must be the foundation, absoluteness, which we have zero understanding of. In that case, Rav, I, I have to correct myself. I'm not in step two. I'm in step minus. <laughs> <laughs> now, why am I saying no? Because you're here. You're here and you're questioning. Yeah, you might find yourself struggling with what I'm saying. I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that I don't struggle with what I'm saying. But the mere fact that we're willing to struggle, that it's only fear when human is interrelating with God, that God does not become subject to the human's relativity. Rather, the humans realize that we're dealing with the absolute. That struggle is, is already telling me that we're in step number one. The fact that we're not just saying Amen and yes, of course. That's again the aggressive struggle, and that's okay. It's those that don't struggle. <laughs> that's a minus. Go ahead, questions, comments? Okay, guys. Yeah, guys. My experience, you ask something which uh, uh, you ask everybody first about uh, what happened to Jose Chuba, if he feels better or he feels uh, worse. Uh, I found, I'm not a Jose Chuba, but I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm starting to be a Jose Chuba. And I found that each step I do, sometimes it's, I feel worse. Because I'm going a step a, one step ahead means for me a different state of mind and state of uh, of the heart. So it makes me a lot of struggle, which I didn't see and I didn't feel before. So it, it has got a bit of this and a bit of that. It's not a it's not a complete clearness uh, about walking. I'm going to give you an answer. Not that you asked me a question but just uh, something you may want to read. Yes, you're going to struggle. And yes, remember, in the relationship between you and God, there is no 200% is 100%. So the more of God, the less of you. It's just the mathematics of it. 
and in our relationship of faith that happens. That's what I meant before with the 12 steps. There's only 100% and two have to fit into there. You're not going to bring 100% you and 100% God. That's just not a relationship. But when you have a real relationship of oneness, then the more you make room for God, the more you feel yourself. And then coming from a certain background, you might not be comfortable with that. However, I would suggest that you read a book written by Viktor Frankl. Because the one thing that every step of Chose B'Tshuva is going to give you is meaning, purpose. And a meaning and purpose that's larger than life. The meaning and purpose that's only as big as life. So then sometimes we think, you know, so what do I need it for? No life, no meaning, and we're okay. But a meaning and purpose that's bigger than life. And then as you take steps in Chose B'Tshuva, so even when you feel that I'm diminishing of myself, and I'm not comfortable with that, but then you realize, but one second, on a quality level, I have more of myself than I've ever had. Because all of a sudden, everything has a meaning and purpose. I do make a difference. There's a reason for my suffering. There's a reason for my success. So that part, the Chose B'Tshuvah grows in. And it actually, humanly, feels that. Okay? What is the partial this coming week? <laughs> God bless you, Benina. That's all.